0: Major coral regions around the world have been affected by the worst coral bleaching event in history starting from 2014, lasting over an unprecedented period of three years. There's good and bad news related to this because it's expected it will soon end. But uh, according to a leading expert in the field this could become the new normal. Let's hear more from him. Joining us on the line, Dr. Mark Eakin, coordinator of the Coral Reef Watch at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in the United States. Thank you for joining us. Glad to be with you. I mean, I've been steadily reading lots of information about the Great Barrier Reef, which uh, seems to be so cherished around the world, uh, but disappearing or, or bleaching. How important are coral reefs to the ecosystem, first of all, as a habitat, as a source of food? Uh,
1: they're the basic basis of the food chain in many tropical areas. Uh, it, it's sort of like getting rid of trees in the forest when you get rid of coral reefs. Um, they, they really serve not only as the habitat, but the basis of the food chain, uh, the place where things live, and, and a congregating point. So they're, they're hugely important in tropical ecosystems.
0: And bleaching refers to the change in color that happens to coral reefs when they die, effectively.
1: Well, not quite when they die. In fact, when a, when a coral is bleached and has that intense white bleaching, you know it's not dead yet.
0: Oh, really? It's okay. very
1: sick. It's injured. Uh, the, the coral has lost the microalgae that live inside of their tissues and give them their color, but also give them their food. So, the corals have lost their major food source and, and are, are starving to death. And you're seeing right through the clear tissues of the coral to the white skeleton underneath. When it actually dies, it'll take that next step and starts getting covered by sort of scuzzy filamentous algae and it starts looking really ugly.
0: So, that bleaching sign is, is a final warning flash for us, basically.
1: That's right. They're really sick, and in some cases they will recover, but in many cases the corals die.
0: Out of interest, how do we help them recover? Is it about just not doing certain things, or can we proactively help them get back to life?
1: It might be possible to help them. Uh, there are some experiments that have been done uh, First, they tried shading corals to see if that reduced the amount of bleaching. Uh, It really was not the best approach. There may be things like cooling the water, but none of these are effective on large scales. What we really have to do is reduce the problem. And the biggest part of the problem, because this bleaching is caused by high temperatures, is to reduce the problem of global warming that's affecting them.
0: What about marine pollution on top of the global warming?
1: You know, this is one of the things that we've seen in a number of places during this big bleaching event in the last three years. We've always known that, that reducing pollution, reducing overfishing, that these were things that helped reefs to bounce back. But we always thought that it also would give them some protection during a big bleaching event. But the reality is no. In the Great Barrier Reef, it didn't matter whether they, the reefs were Uh, highly fished or unfished, it didn't matter if they were close to pollution sources or far away, the amount of heating was so strong that it just overwhelmed anything like that.
0: And speaking of the Great Barrier Reef as as this cherished example of a huge coral reef or series of coral reefs, uh, which parts of the world are being most sorely affected by coral bleaching?
1: Well, that's the thing, is this event has really affected most areas, most coral reefs around the world. Uh, It has not been as bad in the Caribbean as some earlier events were, so this has really been more focused in the Pacific uh, and the Indian Oceans. And uh, the the Great Barrier Reef, especially the northern part of the Great Barrier Reef, uh, the far north and north were hit hard in 2016. Uh, The north and central were hit in 2017, so another big bleaching event there. Uh, There were severe bleaching events two years in a row in Hawaii, in Florida. There were four years of bleaching in a row in Guam and Americans and um, uh, the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands. Uh, we had two years of bleaching in some key areas in the, the Indian Ocean, like the Seychelles and the Maldives. So it, it's really been hitting most of the coral reefs around the world.
0: You, you said at the start that it's like the forests that we see on on the planet but we already know that rainforests are disappearing and have been doing so at an alarming rate there are obviously some people who are still happy to turn a blind eye carry on with their normal urban lives perhaps many of us fit into that category how do we all get hurt by this can you spell it out for us when the coral reefs go away
1: there are roughly half a billion to a billion people around the world who are dependent on coral reefs. They rely on them as a the primary source of food. They rely on them as places for, for income, not only for, for fisheries, but also for tourism. They also rely on coral reefs as a breakwater, a, a way of shielding their beaches from big storms, from waves and tsunamis. So they, they're protecting the shoreline. But speaking of those beaches, much of the sand uh, on tropical beaches is actually formed from the breakdown of the skeletons of corals on reefs. So there are people all around the tropical uh, zone, uh, you know, spanning uh, the, the entire tropical uh, belt of, around the world, that are being affected severely by these bleaching events.
0: Does that then have a knock-on effect on, on marine stocks and, and the kind of seafood we'll be eating anywhere in the world?
1: It, it can. In fact, one quarter of all marine fish species uh, depend on coral reefs at least for some portion of their life. And so there are a lot of fish that have al- already disappeared from these reefs, that move, that, that are, are eaten because they're, they're no longer able to be protected where they live. This can have major impacts on uh, fisheries in those areas. And most of these people who are most dependent on coral reefs for f- food fish the the poorer people who are relying on them for artisanal fisheries. This is just you know their local food source, and it's extremely uh, detrimental.
0: You must be frustrated getting this message across, though, because it's not just this area. There are so many different factors that would be harmful associated with global warming. But yet, in your own country, the United States, the debate goes on as to whether human beings even affect climate change.
1: It's. Uh very frustrating situation there's no question the science is solid we we know from the evidence that climate change is real and that it's having a severe impact on coral reefs around the world and we really need to be taking action and you know we've got to do two things we've we have to be addressing the source of the the problem that's causing the bleaching which is the excess carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and we, at the same time, need to be helping the corals to recover between these events by dealing with the things we mentioned earlier, like pollution and overfishing.
0: And also, you know, you just refer to, it again, events. So this event has ended. Why does it end, per se? and And what triggers then a new event of coral bleaching?
1: Well, it used to be that the global coral bleaching events were uh, really driven by El Nino. And the big, gl- the first big global bleaching event was in 1998 associated with that huge El Nino. There was another in 2010 that was associated with a, a milder El Nino. During this period, yes, we had an El Nino during 2015-2016, but this bleaching event had started more than a year before the El Nino, and it continued for more than a year after, and so these are identified as events because they happen during warm season. You don't have bleaching going on during the winter. It's a, it's a summer phenomenon, and so it will move back and forth from one hemisphere to the other during these events, and the reason this one is over is because the Indian Ocean really didn't have significant bleaching this year, but that doesn't mean that the bleaching is over. Mm -hmm. In in fact, the question isn't whether we'll have another global bleaching event, it's how long it will be before the next one. And even if we don't have a global bleaching event, we are expecting that we'll be seeing more bleaching uh, in in the near future, and we're even concerned about what may happen in the next few months.
0: I don't hear people talking about coral reefs off Korea particularly, but um, what I have recently heard about is people talking about marine Desertification. According to the Korea Fisheries Resources Agency, over 18,000 hectares of sea forest in waters near the country have become marine deserts, 65 times larger than the area of Yoido, to put that into local perspective. Is this part of the same problem, do you think?
1: It, it really depends because there are three things that I've heard referred to as marine desertification. One is something happening out in the open ocean and it's dealing with the fact that the warming ocean in this the the warming of the central uh, ocean, especially in the Pacific, is causing it to be less productive. But you're talking about something that's more coastal, and so it really comes to two terms. one, is areas that have been dredged or, or, or trawled so much that it's broken down the bottom and, and turned it into a desert. But the other is in areas uh, where there's been a major loss of things like kelp forests. And that has been largely related to temperature as well. Uh, there are, I I can't speak to what's happened around Korea, but mm-hmm. I know that there are areas in Southern Australia, Tasmania, where the, the kelp forests have basically disappeared because the waters have become too warm
0: well south korea grappling with sea deforestation one of the recent headlines on this subject seas being plagued by this uh, an environmental disaster that local media have blamed on global warming and marine pollution the factors that we've been talking about this morning already dr eakin thank you so much for joining us today glad to be with you important to raise awareness clearly dr mark eakin from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in the US.